Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 to 6. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly, as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Good morning. It's good to be here. Uh, as we continue with our sermon series on overcoming daily challenges, um, I'd like to take a few uh, brief, a brief moment at this time to review what we've seen so far. So far, we've seen and talked about some of our struggles in relation to patience, anger, worry, setting priorities, making time for fellowship, uh, forgiveness. And last week, Sean uh, talked to us about uh, the fact that these daily challenges have a tendency to wear out on us. And in so doing, in the process, it erodes our faith. So last week, Sean talked to us about faith. And specifically, he encouraged us to hold on to our faith, especially during times of strife, times of challenges and difficulties. This morning, I would like to talk to you about a struggle that we all share. We all have this in common, no exceptions. The struggle that I want to talk to you about this morning concerns our speech. For we all make mistakes and we all struggle with the things that we say. Sometimes we say things that are less than gracious. So specifically this morning, I'm going to talk to you about speaking with grace. Speaking with grace. Our scripture reading this morning in the last verse in Colossians chapter 4 verse 6, we read, Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. This particular passage admonishes us to always speak with grace. And that's the title of our lesson this morning. Now, before we delve into the discussion of this, we just need to really understand the importance of our lesson this morning. Why is it important for us to always speak with grace? The Apostle Paul, in the verse before this, in Colossians chapter 4, verse 5, gives us a very good reason. Why? He says in verse 5, Be wise in the way you act toward others. Make the most of every opportunity. And then he says, Always speak with grace. So why do we need to always speak with grace? Because we need to make the most of every opportunity that we have when we interact with people so that we can show them the light of Jesus. Now, this passage here does not only talk about, you know, our neighbors or strangers that we meet on the bus or in the mall or at the grocery store, people at work or people in school. It talks to us also about the people that are really close to us like our spouses, our children, our family, our relatives, our friends. So why do we need to speak with grace? Because when we speak with grace, immediately we see a change in our relationships. Immediately our relationships become better. 
So what I'm going to do today is I would like to remind all of us of this call that we have to speak with grace. Obviously, a big chunk of the lesson today is going to be devoted to telling us or reminding us how we should speak with grace. But the first part of this lesson, what I want to do is contrast speaking with grace with the opposite. Speaking without grace. When we see that contrast, because sometimes when we, when we say, well, when we, when we want to define something, it helps when we define what it's, what it's not. So we can clearly see what it is. So with that, when we see the contrasting speaking with grace and speaking without grace, my hope is at the end of this lesson, we will have a renewed fervor, a renewed commitment to choose to speak with grace instead of the, the alternative, speaking without grace, as we interact with people in our lives on a daily basis. So let's start. Speaking without grace. In Proverbs chapter 18, the first part of verse 21, we read, The tongue has the power of life and death. Our words are powerful. We can use it for, for good or for bad. When we speak with grace, our tongue has the power of life, meaning our, our, our words have the power to bring about so much good in our relationships. With, when we speak with grace, we encourage people. We build them up. We inject joy and happiness in every good thing in their hearts. It doesn't matter if they're husband or wife, our children, our neighbors, our co-workers, even our enemies. But the opposite is true when we speak without grace. And unfortunately, that's what happens more often than we want to acknowledge it. More often than not, we would speak with words that are devoid of grace. And this is a struggle, isn't it? This is a struggle for all, for all of us every day especially with people that we're familiar with, like our spouses and children, and maybe people at work that are really close to us, right? That's why in James chapter 3, verse 2, James says, If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body as well. And he continues on in chapter 3, verses 8 to 9, No human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil Full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father. And with it we curse human beings. Who have been made in God's likeness. The door swings both ways with our tongue. With our words when we speak. We can do so positively or negatively. But James continues in chapter 3 verse 10. He says out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. And then look at the last line. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can't be. It cannot be. We're not perfect, but we can be consistent. We can strive to be consistent. We may fall here and there, but our, our uh, consistency demands us that, yes, we speak with grace most of the time. We speak with grace a lot. At least that's the calling. Now, 
my intent for this particular part of our lesson today is not to discourage us, but it's for us to be challenged, to really understand what it is like to speak without grace. Because when we want to correct something that's deficient in our lives, you know the number one thing that we need to do, the hardest thing that we need to do, is to identify it. To identify what's wrong. Because when we know what's wrong, and we acknowledge that it's wrong, then we're on our way to correcting it. But if we do not even identify that it's wrong, we will not say it's wrong. We will not work on it. It is going to happen continuously in our lives. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to give some examples here so that we can be reminded of maybe some of the things that we say that, are, that, that is considered negative talk or speaking without grace. Okay, so let's start. The first thing is found in Ephesians 4.25. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. I think the most prevalent thing that we say that is without grace are lies, falsehoods, half-truths. Why do we do that? I think... It's because we've done something wrong and we want to sort of cover it up or we want to look good in front of people. But there's totally no reason for that. No reason for that. And uh, later on in our uh, discussion today, in our lesson today, we're going to see how we can do that. We're going to see how we can put that off permanently in our lives. The next thing that I want to talk to you about that is considered negative talk is found in 1 Peter 3 verse 9. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. One of the things that we do that is devoid of grace when we speak is when we insult people. When we open our mouths so that we can insult the other person. Why do we do that? Why do I do that? Well, I think it's because when something bad is done, we want to make the other person realize that it's wrong. And I don't know any way to like tell them in a kind way. So I make them feel bad about it in hopes that they will change. Whereas I can just easily, on the contrary, it says there, on the contrary, repay evil with blessing. I can just immediately and easily tell them, this is, oh, what you did there was wrong. In a, in a nice tone, the nicest way that I can tell them and suggest a course of action to correct it. And in that way, I can be a blessing to them. We are called to be a blessing to people because at the end of our time here on earth, according to this passage, our hope is a blessing in heaven. So speaking with the intent to insult someone is not very good. It's not very kind and it's not gracious. So that's one of the things that we do. Now, another thing that we do is this. This is a huge one. Philippians 2 verse 14. Do everything without grumbling or, or, or arguing. One of the things that we use with our voices, with our mouths, with our words is we grumble or we complain and we argue. Why? What is grumbling or complaining? 
And what is the alternative to grumbling and complaining? You know, when I was in the military, I would tell the members of my unit to come up to me with everything that they see that's wrong or that should be in place and it's not already in place in the unit. They'd come up to me with problems if they identify something in the workplace. But I'm very quick to tell them as well that there's a difference between complaining and constructive criticism. Do you guys know the difference? When someone comes up to me and tells me everything that's wrong and turns around and leaves, that's complaining. But if somebody comes up to me and tells me what's wrong and then identifies and suggests and recommends ways on how to correct that deficiency, things that they can do themselves or they can do with others or they can do with me or something that I can do myself, then that's constructive. We can do something with that. But we complain, I think it's not because we're really evil, but because we just don't know how to criticize constructively, positively, with the aim and objective of correcting something that's deficient. Now, why do we argue? Why do we argue? And what's the alternative to arguing? Now, we argue because we want to, to find out who's at fault. And we want to prove to the other person that we are right. And as soon as we, f- we identify that we are right, then we can gloat. That's why we argue. But the, but the alternative to arguing is discussing. Why? What is the objective when we discuss? When we discuss, we as a team, together, find out what's right and what's correct and what's good so we can do it together. Now, the last thing that I want to give to you as an example of negative talk is something that we can probably not even think about. And it's probably part of our everyday language and everyday expressions. And I want to bring this up to really encourage all of us to go higher, to grow in our speech as Christians. It's found in Exodus 20, verse 7. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. This is very important to God. You know why? Because this, what number, what, what commandment number is this? It's part of the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament. Do you guys know? It's number three. Commandment number three is, do not take my name in vain, says the Lord. Very important to Him. But sometimes when we're surprised, or when we want to make a point, when we want to communicate that we're serious about something, we will say, OMG. You know, you know, you know what that is, right? So I'm going to say it plainly so that there's no room for miscommunication here. When we say, oh my God. Or when we say, I swear to God. Or so God help me. When we want to communicate something that we're serious about, I'm going to do it. And you're probably thinking, well, why is that wrong? I'm not swearing. I'm not cursing. I'm not using the, the swear words. It's just an expression, Jay. But according to this, that's taking his name in vain. Why? Because we are appropriating the name of God, the name that people call upon to be saved, the name that is holy, with things that are mundane, with things that, 
God forbid, with things that are even bad. Like, I swear to God, I'm going to punish you or make you feel, you know, that's not good. And I, I encourage all of us to stay away from that. Because that is disrespectful to our God. I know it's in the Old Testament. Oh, gee, it's in the Old Testament. It doesn't apply to us today. Right? There's many things that come in here in the New Testament that apply to us today. Love God and love people. That's the sum total of all the Old Testament laws. That is part of loving God. It's not using His name in vain. So with all this, we've seen some of the examples where we talk negatively when we speak without grace. But it's not only the people that listen to us that is negatively affected with our negative talk. When we talk without grace, we ourselves are affected. James 1.26 Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. I tell people that I'm a Christian. I tell people that I love God. But when you speak to me, you don't want to speak to me because you know it's only going to be negative. You know I'm just going to condescend on you. You know I'm just going to put you down. You know whatever positive thing you say, I have a negative thing to say against it. I deceive myself. And if we really push that argument, I lie to you. I'm saying that I'm a Christian, but then I talk like this. Also, in Matthew 15, verse 11, what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. When I speak negatively to you, when I speak without grace, it defiles me. You see my true color. It is a testament and an affront against my character. My bad. So, I, 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 I hope that as we remind ourselves of what it's like to speak without grace, we will go back to Proverbs 18, verse 21. The tongue has the power of life and death. When we speak without grace, our words have the power to death. Negative. Things that people cannot work with. Things that repulse people away from us and from God. What I want to do now for the second part of our lesson is to do the opposite. To do what God commanded us to do. To speak with grace. Because when we do, our words have the power to life. How do we speak with grace? Let's look at, let's go back to our text this morning in Colossians 4 verse 6. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. There's one word in there that I want, that I want you to focus on. And it's this word right here. Always. Always speak with grace. I know we mentioned earlier we're not perfect. But the key is this. It's not perfection. It's consistency. That's what we want to do. We want to be consistent. But how do we do that in this day and age? How do we speak with grace today? Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give us a couple of verses in the Bible that will equip us, that will give us the answer on how we can speak with grace and that we can immediately apply in our lives right now. 
The first being this. Colossians 3 verse 17. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving them, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. The, num- the, the first thing that I would like to, that I want us to consider as we, as we choose to speak with grace is this. How do we do this? When we speak, speak in the name of the Lord Jesus. What does that mean to speak in the name of God, in the name of Jesus? To speak in the name of Jesus is to speak with His authority. To speak with His affirmation. With His, with His approval. Will God approve of my language? Will God approve of my words, of the words that come out of my mouth? Will God approve of your language? Will God approve of the words that come out of your mouth? This is, I think this is foolproof. I want you to test this. I want you to test this theory that I have. If we do this, we will always speak with grace. I'll give you an example. It is hard to berate my wife in the name of the Lord Jesus. It is hard to talk down to my children and discourage them and give them language that puts them down in the name of of the Lord Jesus. It is hard for me to tell lies to my boss at work in the name of the Lord Jesus. It is difficult for me to gossip and spread rumors amongst my friends or work or in the church in the name of the Lord Jesus. It's hard and I would say it's probably impossible to do that in the name, in the name of the Lord Jesus. So, number one, speak with grace in the name of the Lord Jesus. The second is in Luke 6.45. See, speaking with grace has a lot to do with our heart. And we see that in this verse. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. See, the problem is when, thing, when bad things happen, we are filled with rage. We are filled with anger. We want to get even. And those things are evil. Those things are bad. And what is inside of our hearts, it will eventually spill out. It's going to come out. So I encourage all of us today to fill our hearts with good. To fill our minds with blessings. When something bad has been done against me, instead of plot revenge against that person, because if I do, then my words are going to be insulting words. My words are going to be words that hurt the other person because I want to get even, right? But instead of that, take that out, replace it with good, say something bad has happened, and I want to restore the relationship. I want to be a blessing instead of an insult. And then what's going to come out are good things. The next one is found in Ephesians 4.29. How do we speak with grace? Well, look at this. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. You know the word unwholesome here? In the Greek, it's literally the word that... that the, the word in Greek is rotten. So the, the English translation should have been 
Do not let any rotten talk come out of your mouths. So don't think about that. Instead, think about what is helpful to build each other up. If I'm going to say this, is it going to build you up? Is it going to encourage you? Because I want to make sure that when I say something, it benefits you. That it doesn't throw you off for a loop, or it doesn't discourage you, or it doesn't question the power of God or of Jesus in our lives. And when we do that, we will start to think before we speak. You guys have heard that before, right? Think before you speak. You know, the mnemonic there, the T-H-I-N-K. You've heard it before, but I just want to remind all of us again to do that today. Before we say anything, especially big things, to our family, to the people around us, to our coworkers, think, T, is it true? But sometimes you will say, well, I tell it like it is. You know, you've heard people say that before. I tell it like it is. It's good to tell it like it is because... We are told that we can't say falsehoods. We have to say the truth. But there's a problem with that. When we say it that way, oh, I tell it like it is. There's this underlying idea that you want to insult that person. You want to condescend on that person. It may be true, but it's not helpful. Because it's condescending. It's not inspiring. It doesn't encourage. It doesn't build up. Maybe sometimes it's true. But is it necessary? Do we really have to talk about it now? And finally, the last thing here is, I think, is the best, in in my opinion. Because it is going to identify whether or not what I'm going to say is going to be received well. Is it kind? Is it kind? If it's not kind, maybe I should check myself and see why there's a bunch of stuff going on in my heart. Why I'm not able to tell this in a nice way. Think before we speak. It's all in our hearts. It's all in our minds. Now, the message is simple. Speak with grace, always. But I want us to also remember Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. The unwholesome talk thing, don't let that rotten word come out, of, come out of our mouths. But only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs. As we conclude this morning, I just want to say something really, really quickly. I want to say something so that we can really apply this uh, lesson to our lives today. I want us to think about the people that are closest to us right now. And I would suggest the closest people to us would be our family. If you have a spouse, it would be your husband or wife, and then your children. If you don't have a spouse, it would be your parents or your siblings. People that are close to you. What are their needs today? You know, in this day and age, we are able to supply, you know, for the most part, our children's needs, our our family's needs. We we work, there's food on the table, people have, you know, our children, our our spouses, we all have clothes. But I'm going to say that 
we can neglect and, 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 and not provide for our family, for our children, even though we're providing for them materially. We can fail to provide for them emotionally and spiritually and mentally. Because they have this need that only we can provide to them. You know what that need is? Words of affirmation. When is the last time have we said to our spouse, I love you, hon. You look really beautiful today. You look really handsome today with that blue tie. It's not, it's not me, okay? It's, yeah? I support you. I know you did, that, you did something wrong, but I forgive you. My commitment is to you. You are the only one for me in this life. Now, I want you to be gracious. You know, if your spouse tells you that stuff when you're driving home today, be gracious and don't tell them, oh, you're only telling me that because Jay said it. <laughs> don't do that. Go with it. Say something nice in return. Because remember, speaking with grace is huge if we want to make a difference in our relationship today. And I'm going to say as well for our children. For our children. When was the last time we told our children we loved them? Or we say, good job. And not just good job, be specific with it. Good job cleaning, because I see that the corners, you know, you really went in the corners there. Because when we're specific, they know that, you know, they're not dumb, our kids, right? They know that we care. We, they know that we see. And tell them, buddy, I pray to God and thank him every day for you. I am so proud of you. Instead of words that say, well, I told you so. Instead of words that say, well, that's dumb. Affirm them. Speak with grace with them. And then when we do that in our homes, then we can start doing it for one another here in the church. Speak with grace. Let's uh, stand up and uh, sing the song of invitation.